You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. It's the Locked On Hornets podcast. I'm Walker Mail. Nada Edwards is with me as well today. On today's pod, we'll recap the weekend that saw the Hornets win both of their games. Well, must pre- win games. <laughs> must win games. They got it done. They weren't going to make the playoffs without them. And they got it done, so now we shall see them in the postseason. Or at least they have a chance because of winning those games. On today's pod, we'll recap the weekend that we saw and we'll preview the Raptors game tonight and jump into the rest of the NBA later on in the show. Coming up this week, just a quick preview of what you can expect in the upcoming week we have rick Bennell on tomorrow as we do every tuesday going to try to get a guest on thursday and friday i'll be doing the show by myself we should have a doug appearance next week for the first time that's, in a while that's the rumor yeah uh, you guys are going to lead leave for atlanta both of you guys will leave for atlanta the following week just for a couple of days and then you'll come back definitely you after that but then maybe doug can join us as well and then it seems like his schedule is going to be a little bit more smooth for yeah us. yeah that's the that's the plan for right now i will say that you'll probably hear from me from one of those days in atlanta because i will be i need to fire off these takes you bro. need your hornets takes to be out you need a mic the people no. The people need my Hornets takes. We've seen this. My man J Dog, always out there saying I need some not at the scribe level hot takes. And trust me, I appreciate that. So I try to give the people what they want, especially the ladies. So we do. <laughs> So at least we got Nada in here today. You can find myself on Twitter at Walker Mail, Nada at Nada the Scribe for all of those hot takes and maybe some dating advice. And Doug at Doug Branson, LOH. You can find the show at Locked On Hornets on most social media sites like Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So the Hornets destroy Orlando on Friday, 120 to 88. Mm-hmm. Just destroy him. Poor Steve Clifford and company never saw what was coming with the Charlotte Hornets. Oh, team. no, they and did. The fact that they did, but they didn't prepare like they did. And so now the. Hornets, they moved to 1-1 one and one on the season with that win. Then they beat the Miami Heat on Saturday in what turned out to be a much closer game than the 26-point margin of deficit that the Heat faced within the meat of that game. Then yeah. the Heat in the fourth quarter started coming back. They started rallying, and we all know as Hornets fans, Anytime that you start to see a team rally and make it a close game, the Hornets are indefinitely going to lose, right? I mean, it is. That, that's what I expected. That is what you are going to see from the Hornets anytime it's a close game. When it gets them from the final two minutes and it's decided by one possession, maybe just five points, the Charlotte Hornets are going to lose that one. They've only won two games in the last like five years when it's decided by like one, like three points or less. But Saturday sparked a new era. Really? The Hornets won that game 113 to 112. Kimball Walker drove, got the foul call. That was the shocking part. Hit the free throw, missed the second free throw on purpose with just five-tenths of a second left, so the Heat couldn't do anything with it once they have to corral that rebound, and eventually you see the Hornets end up winning. And again, Doug was in here, and we briefly got some Doug tapes, Doug takes that were not on the air with us here today, but we did talk Except for with- Patreon. Patreon folks have gotten all the Doug takes. That's true. You can read those on Patreon. You can join at patreon.com slash LOH. But Doug, he discussed one point that Kimba has not been driving to the basket a whole lot so far on the young season, despite us talking about him wanting to finish at the basket a lot better this season. We've seen him do it in critical moments. Mm-hmm. We saw him do it against the Milwaukee Bucks. He drove down. 
didn't hit the layup. It's one that probably should have gone, also didn't get the foul call there. And also against the Heat, you saw him get the foul call, hit the free throw, which would eventually win them that game, but has not been driving to the bucket all that much. I mean, he's been letting it rain from three, Nada. That's a smart thing for a guy that's, what, 5'11", 180, 190? For him to just start saying, I'm going to be a little bit more economical with how I'm going to score now. So I'm just going to start raining threes. I'm not going to go to the basket, save some wear and tear on me, and potentially avoid whatever December swoon that he normally has after having a nice little month and a half hot start. So I get what he's doing. I think it's a brilliant strategy. And hopefully it prevents any kind of December, January swoon from the guy. A few things to take notes of this season so far. I, 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 you've told me, you've previewed this to me, and you didn't let me know what this is. I want to know now. All right. All right here we go. It, it's stuff that you should already see coming, but here's a few things, right? Okay. The Hornets have made 49 threes on the season. Wait, what? That beats a record the Warriors set last season for most three-pointers in the first three games. So we go with Sizzler. We <laughs> go with Sizzler. 49 this season the Warriors had 46 you keep going Charlotte is 10th in assists per game while finishing 24th last season we're going playoffs we're going playoffs and and how about how good Kimba Walker has been Kimba leads the league in scoring at over 35 a game he okay. leads the league in most three-pointers hit at 19, okay. and he's hitting 50% from beyond the arc. Kimba's been phenomenal. We talked about him not driving to the hoop as much. He's been shooting it, and we talked about it at the beginning of this season. You could expect a lot of three-pointers taken. I mean, these guys are averaging more than anybody else in the league at this point. Every team has played three games. Nobody's played more than three games. Maybe a couple of teams have just played two. But mm-hmm. the Hornets lead the league right now in three-point attempts, and they set a record, again, for the most three-point attempts, or three-point makes, I should say, excuse me, within the first three games. I mean, it is a completely new offense that you're seeing. This Hornets team, all they did was shoot 27 last year. So this is completely foreign to everybody. If you would have just seen the Hornets the last couple of seasons, this does not look like the same team because it just isn't. No, it's not the same team. And when you can put Kemba and Ray Allen in the same sentence, with made threes, which is what Kemba did after Orlando in terms of setting, a again, tying the great Ray Allen, a known sharpshooter, things have changed a little bit. And the fact that we have that kind of shooting right now, or at least for right now, because at some point the jumpers are just going to start stop falling. But the fact that we have this kind of shooting right now, it's great to see, and it's a welcome change. Charlotte is now playing 2018-2019 basketball, and I didn't think I'd ever see that coming. Other notable player stats, you just look elsewhere around the team. Malik Monk leads the league in spot-up shots per game at 6.3 attempts with an effective field goal percentage of over 50, and he's also tied for the lead in, for tied for the 11th, I should say. Excuse me. He's also tied for 11th in the league and three-pointers made and attempted. So Malik Monk has been huge in the backcourt. And everybody was excited when Malik Monk was drafted last season. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing that come to fruition here in his sophomore year. All the development that has transpired over the offseason. You've seen him take on a big role at the beginning. Jeremy Lamb won that shooting guard spot, the starting shooting guard spot, quickly. Quick as hell in preseason. Won it really within the first Boston Celtics game that you saw played. And then really didn't relinquish it as it went on. Malik didn't take it from him. Jeremy didn't relinquish it. And even you had some bookend performances from Jeremy Lamb first and the last game of the preseason it wasn't close Jeremy did a good job but the first game against the Bucks you saw Malik 
play more minutes than Jeremy Lamb and was just more effective. And you've seen Jeremy Lamb be okay on defense and stretches, but man, I mean, he has been god awful in some stretches on defense. The man fouled out with eight minutes to go in the Heat game. You see some effort from Malik Monk on the other end. I don't think he's been atrocious at times, but again, it's not like this guy is a world beater on that end of the floor either. But offensively, Malik not only is shooting an effective field goal percentage of over 50 on those spot ups, but also he's shooting 40 from beyond the arc and he's taking a lot. Malik has shouldered some of that responsibility that Kimba has had to shoulder all in the backcourt, especially with Nick Batum's bad couple of seasons. Yeah. Now you have Malik not only hitting shots, but hitting timely shots. Not a, I mean, these are big boy ice in your vein shots that you saw against the Bucks on opening night. The Heat specifically. You saw it against the Heat where he hit a couple of jumpers in the fourth quarter to stave off a Heat comeback. And the one thing that you could say about Kimba was his loss and his absence of the clutch ability here recently for the Hornets. Man, the guy has had to shoulder so much of the load for this Hornets team offensively mm -hmm. that when it got in close games, Kimball Walker's shot selection and his ability to hit, they just haven't been all that good. They've been, in fact, extremely poor. So the fact that Malik Monk can maybe take a little bit of that pressure off of him I mean, that's huge for this team. I think his performance has been extremely big, and you don't have to rely on Kimba as much. And when he gets some double teams, because if he's averaging 30 within 10 games from now, people start to game plan, try to cut off the head of the snake, like Kevin Durant always likes to say. I mean, you can maybe rely on Malik Monk in the backcourt to really help you out, and it's somebody that's obviously not shy of pulling the trigger. At this point, Malik Monk is obviously the second-best Hornet on the team right now or at least the second best score. He's also the second leading scorer on the team at 14.7, something that I don't think many people saw coming going into the season. You would think Marvin would have a better at higher points per game. You would expect Nick to be somewhere in that 13 to 15 range as well. But the fact that Malik Monk is the number two scorer on this team right now shows you that, hey, maybe it was okay that he took a little bit of time to develop. Sometimes you can't have quick grits you gotta you gotta let him stew. You gotta let again. You gotta let that, that jambalaya boil just a little bit. MKG, Give it a little time. And MKG has been stellar under James Borrego. Remember when he was supposed to sit the bench, Nada, and he was supposed to be out of this rotation for a little while. Um, there, again, I don't remember because I was one of those people that was saying everybody was a little too quick yes, on that. One. We know that you were a fan of MKG still having a spot in this rotation but that was a lot of the discussion was MKG whether he would be the guy that saw a lot of his minutes diminished but that's not been the case MKG has been the first guy off the bench and he's also how about this he tallied seven blocks against the heat seven yes. so that's a career high for him and he set that by three so now he's second in the league in block shots per game at just over three. You see on the NBA stats homepage for ESPN.com, at least their stats homepage, you see a picture of JaVale McGee, and then right there at second in blocks per game, it's MKG. Unbelievable. The guy's been very good on defense, and he showed you against the Bucks game, and then he's followed that up in the last couple of games since. He's been very good. James Borrego, and we talked about this pre-show, but James Borrego reminds me of that guy where he can, he's just going to take whatever he's in the cupboard and he's going to make you a five-star Michelin meal. And he's made a Michelin meal out of this team thus far. Maybe we have to wait until video starts circulating everywhere where teams will eventually figure this out. But his best coaching job is finding a viable way to make MKG's skill set basically work no matter what. And the fact that he's able to do so many different things and use him as a Swiss Army knife at the four and sometimes at the five 
that's been his best coaching job. I'm not sure it's close. No, I, I love what he's been able to get out of MKG. And how can you not like what James Borrego has done with the Charlotte Hornets team so far to start the season? Nothing beats the thrill of watching your favorite teams and your favorite artists perform live. And Vivid Seats is here to help you find your seat to a Panthers game, Hornets game, concert, or show. Vivid Seats offers great p- prices and a purchasing experience that is super easy. And all Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. So supporting Vivid Seats means you're supporting this show. So what you need to do is you need to go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Enter promo code Locked On to receive $20 off of $200 or more. That's Locked On, all one word. You can put it all caps if you want. And you will get $20 off your order of $200 or more at Vivid Seats. Once again, $20 off your order of $200 or more if you spend it at Vivid Seats. It's great stuff, so support the show. And keep on listening to us. We'll be back with some more things to take note of on what happened this weekend. Miles Bridges didn't get any playing time against the Miami Heat. How big of a deal is that? Stick around with us. Walker Mail, Nod Edwards on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. You know, Golden State spent almost a minuscule amount of time with zero of their starters out on the floor. They had at least one out there the entire they just time. Have four Hall of Famers. Yeah, they do. And so <laughs> you just put them have, anywhere. You just have one out Stack there. Stack them up. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. If you want to support our show and the amazing people that put it together, consider joining our Patreon community. For as little as $1 a month, you can help us keep making the Daily Hornets content that you've come to trust. Go to patreon.com slash LOH. There's a link in the description of this episode. You can get entered into our contest for free bobbleheads and tickets and get access to content before anyone else. Patreon.com slash LOH. Every dollar goes to making this the best Hornets talk in all of Charlotte. So, Nada mentioned it. Mm -hmm. Heading in here, Miles Bridges. Didn't play against the Heat and only played the fourth quarter of that blowout against the Orlando Magic, and that was it. That's all the action that he got this weekend. So if you'll remember, Steve Clifford got a lot of heat last season. Oh, I remember. For not playing Malik Monk when everybody wanted to see Malik Monk, their shiny new rookie out there on the floor, and Steve Clifford just wouldn't do it at times. So real quickly, just... Maybe paying attention to this first before we dive a little bit more into the Steve Clifford hate and whether it was warranted and whether you can expect to see this more. What do you think of Miles Bridges not playing this weekend against the Heat and only getting the minutes against Orlando because it was a massive blowout? Someone needs to explain to me what where he was going to get minutes for the Heat game. So that, that's the first question I have because you're talking about a veteran Heat team that knows what's what they're doing, that knows where to be, and guess what? Knows how to really take advantage of rookies. That's a really bad combination for a guy that has had issues in finding his spaces, finding where he needs to be. Against the Miami Heat, you are not going to out-athlete them. You have to be a supreme athlete to do that. Miles is good, but Miles needs that basketball IQ to get there, and he's just not there yet, and it's okay because you shouldn't be expecting this from the 14th pick in the draft. Yeah, I'm fine with him not getting any minutes against Miami. I think it's just fine. And I think you do see him start to get worked in the rotation. I thought Malik Monk was going to get worked a little bit more in the rotation last season. I was surprised when he did not. Mm -hmm. But I do think that Miles Bridges will. And one, because Borrego, again, has attached himself so much to developing these young guys. You would have to think that Miles is included in that. Now, if the Hornets 
are a little better than even what we think they are despite the two wins that they had this weekend, where let's say that they are start, starting to climb up in your expectations. Well, you know, maybe they're a fifth seed team and maybe you start to climb up that a little bit without Miles Bridges playing, then maybe it's a different ball game. But I don't see that happening. No, neither do I. But at the same time, if this is a playoff team and Miles Bridges doesn't contribute this much, you know what? I'm fine with that because, again, He's got a lot of time, and more importantly, there's a G League team where he can learn his craft. That's perfectly fine if he just spends the year learning his craft, and this team as a playoff team somehow makes it 6-7-8. I'm perfectly fine with that. I don't understand how other people aren't at this point. So, Nada, is there any substance in this argument to relieve Clifford of any hate last season? Yes, again, it should. Clifford never should have been blamed. That was the whole thing. We, again, there was a reason why Malik Monk didn't play a lot last season. I remember the Chicago game. I was watching it with, uh, again, occasional host or occasional guest, Calamity James. I was watching it at with her at this one point where Malik just kept getting ripped over and over in the backcourt, causing turnovers at the point guard spot. There, again, it's the same issue that Miles has now where he doesn't know where to be. The NBA game takes a lot to learn, and sometimes you need a year. Give this kid a year. Give the coaching staff, allow the coaching staff to trust that they know what they're doing at this point because so far, so good. And so I, I think you're right about that. Like, look, Clifford played Malik Monk at least nine minutes a game until the 14th game of the season. So already he's played Malik Monk on a consistent basis more than Borrego has played mm-hmm. Miles Bridges because Miles Bridges got 14 minutes in the game against the Milwaukee Bucks to open up the season. Didn't play well in that. And didn't play against the Miami Heat. Yeah, he looked lost. Look, it was a season debut. He looked shook. It's fine. But he didn't play at all against the Miami Heat. But Clifford played Malik Monk at least nine minutes a game until the 14th game of the season before his first DNPCD. So when he got that, not a, in the next three games combined, the Hornets would go on a three-game winning streak when Clifford decided to sit Malik Monk in all of those games. The yeah. guy would get one minute in those three games. So when they came back to play three minutes against the Cavs, the Hornets lost by one, but it was the Cleveland Cavaliers with LeBron James. So he comes back, plays three minutes after his DNPCD three-game streak. And then after that, he logs 15 minutes in each of the next three games, and Charlotte loses all of them. Mm-hmm. And then another DNPCD to follow that, and Charlotte wins. So I'm not saying that Malik Monk was somebody that when you put him in, the Charlotte Hornets were losing those games solely because of what Malik was doing. But what I'm going to hear and what we heard, I've, I've seen this a little bit on Twitter, is that the Hornets look different now, which is absolutely true. Yes. And they're winning games, and so they're not as mad about Miles not playing like they were mad about Malik. But you can't say that because the Hornets were winning when Malik Monk was off of the bench, or at least at times they were winning at the beginning of Malik Monk getting benched. And when he would play, they were losing. And so I don't want to hear this, well, the Hornets are winning right now and Miles Bridges didn't play, I'm cool with that because you got a little bit of that. Again, as soon as you saw him get his first DNPCD, the Hornets went on a three-game winning streak. Yes. (laughs) And the trend followed suit, Nada. Like, you saw him come back in the game, they would lose. You saw him get benched, and they would win. Like, that happened a little bit. Now, eventually, it would teeter off into where it started to be consistent. They would just lose no matter what Malik Monk was playing or not. And there was a point last season where I thought Steve Clifford waited too long. Like, there was a point where the season was lost, And I thought at that point, go ahead and play Malik Monk because it's time now. 
there was a point at that season. But at the beginning, everybody was losing their head for it. And right now, I just think it's interesting, right, how we have this situation surrounding Clifford last season, but now we have it with Borrego. And I'm fine with it. Like, I'm not berating Borrego by any stretch. I, I love what no, he's done. No, exactly. It, it's I'm working. I'm such a fan of the hire. I'm I'm a fan of Miles Bridges. He, he kind of made me a fan this preseason. He showed you some mm-hmm. ability that he had. But at the same time, like, let, let's maybe, sorry, Cliff. <laughs> you know I mean, like, yeah, it's, there's, it's there's the an apology. Time, right? Yeah. Right, at the same time. Yeah, because again, take a look at everything that Malik has learned about the pro game just by watching. And I don't think people get that you can learn by watching. And more importantly, as I keep reiterating, rookies really aren't good. There are very few that come and make an immediate impact in every draft class. You're not getting it out of the 14th draft pick. Donovan Mitchell aside. But at the same time, the expectations for a rookie to contribute immediately are way, 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 way too high. And the sooner that we understand that, the sooner we get that, the better off everybody is. Just looking at some other stats real quickly, just getting to the big guy situation, because I, I think that's been somewhat interesting. Billy Hernan Gomez is getting 14 minutes per game, and he's played in all three games, and he's getting 14 minutes. And he's looked solid. I think he looks mm-hmm. like a solid backup, you know? Cody Zeller, he's getting 23 minutes per game, and I think he's looked. I think there have been times where he looks good. I, I'm a fan of Cody Zeller. I just think he's a good basketball. He impressed player. me a lot. Yeah, in the last two games, after I thought that there was some cause for concern in that Milwaukee game. Yeah, and I and again that was I was never concerned about Cody Zeller, but I do think that he definitely played better the last couple of games, and so you're starting to see this big big man rotation. I mean, it, it seems like it's starting to cement itself out where you mm-hmm. have seen him Borrego experiment with these small ball lineups and certain lineups that he's wanted to just try out like Cody is your first guy Billy is your second and Frank is out of the rotation that's exactly and so is Bismack speaking of which did you hear the comment last night um I'm sorry after the Miami game where he was saying the rotation is kind of set yeah so well and it's interesting right the Bucks game afterwards he said that Frank is still very much in the mix he's far from buried in my mind and now the rotation is kind of set yeah that, see you frank yeah. i mean and we knew it right i mean it's it's just and i know we probably keep bringing it up a little too much at this point but here's your ninth overall draft pick just a few years out of the selection out of the rotation yeah, exactly he's trade filler now so there you go we'll see what happens with frank Kaminsky. we'll come back after a quick break and discuss what you can expect from the toronto raptors game tonight Kawhi leonard on a day's rest coming back tonight to play the charlotte hornets so it's going to be a tough one up there north of the border stick around to hear us talk all about it it's walker mail not edwards you're listening to the locked on hornets podcast on the locked on podcast network this is locked on hornets charlotte. how strong is an ox are we? I think we're overrating the ox. Uh, we are I, not overrating the I ox. Need to see, I need mm. to see some medicals on the ox. Yeah, why don't you do the research on that? You put your lab glasses on. You take a look at it. You can. wonder if there's mouth. anything on the internet. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Welcome back to the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're coming to you live from the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. That's the first time I ever did that without the read in front of my in front of me. Like I actually did that from the top of the dome, and I've wondered how long it was going to take. It's the first time. Gittimer.com, baby. 
I got it memorized now. Nice. It's set in the rotation. I'm finally excited that I don't have to look at it. Because usually, thank you very much. Yes, I appreciate that. Because usually I have to look, and I'm scrambling to try to scroll, scroll where the reads are. But that one, I've memorized the cadence. I got it all down now. So get them.com, baby. Yeah, go go learn how they can help you sell. I'm I'm very proud of you right now, Walker. <laughs> Thank you very much. Toronto Raptors. The Charlotte Hornets face them tonight. They will be traveling to Toronto amidst this road trip that they have. And after that, they play, they play the Chicago Bulls on the road, then finish up the week with the Chicago Bulls coming here to the Spectrum Center. Friday night Friday night uh, lights, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Coming here to the Spectrum Center to come back and play their second home game of the season, again, against the Chicago Bulls. But it'll be the Toronto Raptors tonight. You pull this game up on ESPN.com. Their matchup predictor has Toronto winning 76.7% chance that the Raptors yeah, win. Yeah. It's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for the Hornets to find a way to win this one. Toronto, a 9.5-point favorite. Mm-hmm. Who you got? If I'm putting the spread at you right now, who are you taking? 9.5 oh. points, Hornets, dogs. I do a pick I do a pick em segment against the spread. So give it right for, with, for uh, dime. with Dime, right? Yeah, give us a little preview. I got the. I, I took Toronto in the points. You took Toronto in the points. It's okay. It's all right. You're just not a fan of the Hornets. That's fine. I'm oh, gonna don't, take. Oh, don't you dare! <laughs> don't you dare! Uh, nine and a half points. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the Hornets to cover. I'm gonna take the Raptors to win, and I'll take the Hornets to cover. Kawhi Leonard does come back tonight, though. He yeah. did get some rest. That certainly does not bode well for the Hornets. That Kawhi got to rest a little bit, and he comes back. But you've seen Kyle Lowry. On fire. Yeah. Kyle Lowry is playing some amazing basketball right now. He's averaging over 23 points a game. He's shooting 61% from the field, including hitting some big three-pointers. So they beat the Boston Celtics over the weekend. They've Mm -hmm. got some stats that suggest that they're not playing so hot right now, the Boston Celtics. But the Raptors are 3-0, including a couple of games at home that they've played already. They had the awesome pregame video. Nada, did you get to see that pregame video to start the season? Very blunt, very out there, and an open door to see what went on this offseason it's it was really cool to see and the Toronto Raptors have responded well Danny Green by the way I'd been saying that this offseason how much of a great throw-in that was for the Raptors yeah, to get Danny Green yeah. so you do have him DeLon Wright by the way day-to-day so not exactly sure if he's going to play but Danny Green has helped them out Kawhi Leonard is looking like the Kawhi Leonard of old they beat with a the Wizards without Kawhi yeah, no, they, about that. they've looked very good. They've looked very good. So just overall, what do you expect to see from the Hornets tonight against this Toronto Raptors team that has looked very good to start? Fun fact, the Hornets and the Raptors, both top 10 in offensive and defensive rating. Two of the three teams. That's really cool. That's really cool considering where this team was last year. Now, the problem becomes, can the bench basically keep up with the Toronto bench, which we have known is really, really, really good and scares me. Can can Kyle Lowry, can we slow him down? And then what does Kawhi do? And then essentially, is the defense going to hold up against all of that? Most importantly, this team is getting out-rebounded by a lot now. This Hornets team is getting out rebounded and getting beaten on the boards awfully badly. Is Valanciunas going to eat tonight? Yeah, it's that. It's just the style of play that you get from Borrego. You know, when you get all of these three point shots, but you maybe just don't get some of these rebounds. Like even without Dwight Howard, the Hornets were a very good rebounding team. And so even with Dwight Howard now out of the mix, you've seen some guys have to step up and create some more rebounds for themselves. And when you look at the Hornets, where they rank in the league right now as far as rebounds per game, it's 17th, usually a top 10 team when you're talking about rebounds per game. 17th 
so far this season. So maybe some of the size hurts them with the Toronto Raptors, who are long. Kawhi, long guy. Long, athletic, and they can shoot. Yeah, Violin Chunas. I'm interested to see OG Ananobi, who I think was a very good player for them to get in last year's draft. So just a lot of other guys that they have at their disposal. And you mentioned the bench. That's one thing we have working for us here in Charlotte for the first time in a long time. We have a good bench, at least it seems so to start. But the Raptors, I mean, that bench was just fantastic. It was the best bench in the league by a decent margin last year. And they brought them all back. And that's the problem. And that inherent basically right. lies the problem. That, that team is a good bench. It's 10 deep. Can you go 10 deep against this team? Because I think you're going to need to. And how many minutes can you squeeze out of those centers without going to small ball? Now, if you can do, if you can vibe, if the centers are viable, this game is going to be closer than we think. And nada. Something interesting maybe to watch for a little bit here. Oh, as we right. know, a couple of former Spurs in this game. We mentioned Kawhi Leonard, but also I, I, Tony Parker. Oh, that's right. So we had a lot of drama in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. So maybe one thing to watch out for. Do Kawhi and Tony acknowledge each other? Because if you'll look even closer into that San Antonio situation, it wasn't just that Kawhi had some beef with the whole team of San Antonio. There were some pretty specific details of him having beef with Tony Parker himself. Yes, exactly. Individually. Tony Parker was questioning Kawhi Leonard and not coming back because well, himself, he had a very similar injury and that had a lot of people scratching their heads as to why Kawhi Leonard was out for so long, where it looked like Tony Parker's injury was worse at an older age, but he was able to come back with no problems, quote unquote, and pretty quickly. So Tony calling out Kawhi Leonard and Tony Parker, not exactly. It's funny because we consider Tony to be this great teammate. And so far he's been here with the Hornets and he's called Uh, out Kimba to step up, Tony to step up, or excuse me, Malik, Malik Monk to step up. And I think those guys have responded well, but also you've seen some things with Tony Parker in the past. Yeah, I was about to say, great teammate. We need to go ask Brent Barry about that. <laughs> exactly right. I and mean, we have the rumors with Brent Barry with Tony and Tony Parker. So I'm interested to see: do we get a dap up tonight? Do we get any kind of acknowledgement between the two? Man, I hope so. Just just so that they troll the rest of the basketball universe. Oh. I, I want them to dap it up. I don't think we're getting it though. Oh, we're not getting it. Those guys don't like each other. Like maybe there's some, and I use the word acknowledgement. Like maybe there's some kind of. You know, maybe just tap knucks and look away, you know, like mm-hmm. you're shaking everybody's hand and then, you know, I'll, you'll dap up. But Tony's not going to be starting, so he's going to come in off the bench. So it's not like those guys are all, you know, saying, hey, good game, whatever, like the players do at the beginning of tip off. Yes. Like Tony's not going to be out there for that. So if he just comes in in a sub opportunity, then I, it's not like he's going to go up to Kawhi. Like, I'm interested to see if we can see it, maybe some pregame stuff, but the, I don't think so. So you're telling me there's going to be no Adam Silver moments I, of I don't, I don't think so. There's not going to be any dap mastering going on between old head Tony Parker and Kawhi Leonard, who does have some still beef with him, you would imagine. So yeah. we'll be fun to see what the Charlotte Hornets are able to do against the Toronto Raptors tonight. Thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets. I'm Walker Mayo alongside Nada Edwards. We'll be back tomorrow along with Rick Bennell, who will do his daily or weekly, I should say, Tuesday hit. And then we'll recap that Toronto Raptors game and go from there. Thanks again for joining us here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. See you guys.